scripture for my theme today is uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 40 to verse 45 and it says a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees if you are willing you can make him clean filled with compassion Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man I am willing he said be clean immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured what a miserable condition that this man had this morning. Happily, leprosy is not very much uh, in the world today. There's still areas in India and these far off places that still have lepers. But uh, the, the land that we live in is, has been kind of eradicated. Uh, and happily so as this morning because it's, it's a terrible, terrible condition. It might be helpful to think of the, the AIDS uh, virus which struck uh, the UK in the early 80s. That's what I was telling the, 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 the children's talk that I worked in the Rocky Hill Hospital. It was a terrible thing. Nobody knew what was happening. Uh, I was actually speaking to one of the nurses who worked in Rocky Hill Hospital at the time, and she was telling that nobody knew what to do. Uh, they brought this patient in. I'm quite sure his name was Roderick or... Randolph and he apparently was in Peru and he caught this terrible uh, condition and they brought him into Rock Hill Hospital and they isolated him in a wee room away out the, the road and the, the terrible thing about that he was so isolated that nobody went near him the nurses gave him his food and what had done he was a, a little private, uh, private bathroom in his, in his cubicle and the, the sad thing about it was the porters uh, uh, when they were on duty at night, says he better not die tonight because I'll need to lift him. It was a terrible, terrible thing because nobody had an idea anything about this. It was just something new. So we look at leprosy. It was very much uh, uh, the same. People viewed leprosy the same. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible condition. Nobody could cure. There was no cure for leprosy away back then. And if you look at the Bible, some of the text says, that uh, when you're cured from leprosy that you go to the priest and you've got to do the wee sacrifice the turtle doves and this kind of thing and show yourself to the priest but the people uh, any skin condition in, at that, that time whether it be ringworm or flaking skin it was kind of classed as leprosy they're all kind of classed together so look, these other things could be cured like the ringworm and flaking skin but leprosy there was no known cure for that uh, disease in Jesus time there was no disease regarded with more terror or pity than leprosy you see when in uh, Matthew uh, chapter uh, 12 verse 18 when Jesus sent out his disciples and and the lands with a command heal the sick and cleanse the leper because it was a terrible disease and uh, and Jesus uh, mission field was to reach these people also. That was the most feared disease of the ancient world. The leper was considered the most unclean, revolting, and hideous person imaginable. Leprosy was itself was thought to be the result of a, a, of terrible sin, and it actually became the most dramatic type of sin in the minds of people. So when people talk about hideous sinners, in their thought, in their mind was leprosy because the people linked one with the other the hideous sin 
was like a picture of the leper. And there was no, no cure. Only God was considered powerful enough to cure the disease. Lepers had a disease that brought great suffering. It was a disease that attacked the body in such a way that the body would literally fall apart. The nerve endings would die and, 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 and people would no longer feel the pain. And, uh, and if they hurt themselves or bruised themselves, they didn't know they'd done it. But uh, gradually it wore their skin away and, and, and fingers would fall off and noses and ears, etc. would eventually fall off. The lifespan of a leper, depending on which type of leprosy it had, could be from nine years to 40 years. It was a body decaying disease which led to death. In Leviticus 13, verse 45 and 46, the living Bible says, Anyone who is discovered to have leprosy must tear his clothes and let his hair grow in well disarray and cover his upper lip and call out as he goes, I am a leper, I am a leper. As long as the disease lasts, he's defiled and must live outside the camp. So here we see it was a vile disease. But one other, apart from the disease, one of the most other terrible thing about leprosy, that it separated its victims from the rest of society. There was no friends, there no friends, or no family, no sons or daughters could come up to their mum or dad with leprosy because they had to stay far away from this person. They were outcasts in society. They lived outside in camps, leper colonies, where they could all kind of congregate together. If anybody ever saw Ben Hur, at the end of Ben Hur, we see the leper colony then lived in caves. Even neither today, in the Middle Ages, the priests led the leper to church and actually performed a burial service. It was read over him while he was still alive because he was never ever allowed back into church service again. So they'd squint holes in the church, little slats that the lepers outside could listen to the service or hear the word of God being preached. So he was seeing in the Middle Ages here, in England here, in Britain, that they were still uh, separated or cast or allowed into the service, weren't allowed to hear anything, no fellowship with other Christians. And that was a way of hearing the word of God through slats in the wall. Lepers bore the mental anguish of separation from human society. In Jesus' day, it was considered extremely contagious. So that people hated to be in the vicinity of someone affected by it. So lepers were always kept at an arm's length. They were required by law to stay at least six feet away from uninfected people. It was illegal to greet a leper. People would throw stones at them. They were considered unclean, the curse of the earth. So my first point is, Jesus is a great hope this morning. A leper is different from everyone else. When he's declared leprous, his whole life changes. This man is separated from his family, his wife and children. For years, no one has went near him. No touches, no hugs. They'll start to the little children, they bring it right out to us, don't they? Who comes near when you've got chicken pox? Nobody, only mum and dad. Let me see. 
the leper went to Jesus. Why would the leper take a chance and go and see Jesus? Because he's heard that Jesus is different, different from everyone else. The leper was hopeless. Everyone was powerless to help him. But somehow, somewhere, he heard about Jesus and the power of God. Hope springs up in his heart and begins to search for Jesus. And when he found where Jesus was, he made his way to him. So how do we know this? I'm not just picking this up. Well, Matthew chapter 8, after the Sermon on the Mount, verse 1 to 4, tells us that after Jesus came out of the mountain, that he encountered the leper. So the leper has been there, and he's heard Jesus preaching the Beatitudes on the Sermon on the Mount, and hope springs up in his heart, maybe for the first time for many years, that here is someone who's different, Someone who's different from all other men who chase me away, who throw stones away. That Jesus is different from everyone else. He heard Jesus preach. And what Jesus preached burns in his heart. And turned his hope into enormous faith. That he's got faith. Jesus is different from everyone else. As Jesus makes his way down the mountain, the leper jumps out and falls at Jesus' feet. Jesus is different. He didn't drive the man away. He didn't drive the man who's considered the most hideous, sinful man through this leprosy. Jesus was his only hope. The leper came to Jesus. He came despite what other people thought. He came despite being utterly unclean. He came despite being considered dead. He came despite being an outcast by people in society. He came despite being considered polluted and incurable by normal man. Just maybe someone here today. People come to church for different reasons and then here maybe someone's came here this morning because this is their only hope. They've heard that something happens in church. Like many people, the leper are fully aware of their hopeless condition. The leper believed that Jesus could heal. But the text tells us that, that, that he came on his knees. It tells us the intensity, the intensity of the man's act. Mark says that he knelt down. Luke says that he fell on his face. Matthew says that he worshipped Jesus. The leper saw in Jesus the divine power of God himself. This was evidenced by his worship of Jesus and the words spoken to Jesus. No, he did not say, those can ask of God and will you make me clean? He says, if thou will, thou canst make me clean. He was saying that Jesus possessed the power of God. He recognised that Jesus had the power of God to heal him. I thought here the leper is a picture of the sinner this morning. Jesus will heal and cleanse anyone from their sin who approaches him as the leper did. Even if he is the most unclean person on earth. Let's look at touching the untouchables. Because humans 
are social creatures. We all need company this morning. We need contact with other people. That's why God made uh, a mate for Adam and Eve. Because we're social people, we need one another. We need other people round about us. We need, we need contact with other people. The ancient East wasn't the only culture to isolate the wounded. Today, we do the same thing. We build walls. We separate ourselves from people who are different from us. So many times, you know, there was a leper at my school. And his name was Bugsy Brown. He was different from everybody else. Jim Brown. A poor family. Came to school in kind of rags. I don't, don't mean rags, but he had holes in his trousers. I was like, well, his is worse than everybody else. He used to come dirty and shaving and, and we called him Bugsy Brown. Bugsy Brown was a leper. He didn't, he didn't sit in the same seat as Bugsy Brown sat. If you saw Bugsy Brown sitting in a seat, you go and you blow it. Or if you go to the gate, Bugsy Brown went out this gate. You didn't go to the same school gate. Well, watch what, what this guy went out. If you went out that gate, you went out that gate. If he made a mistake, somebody would run up to you and say, Injection's 10. Do you remember that? Injection's 10. Oh, it's a Glasgow thing. Injection's 10 because you put the bugsy gate. Jim Brown was a, he was a leper. He wasn't past part of the, the crowd. He was an outcast in my class. How about work? There's another guy in my work when I said my friendship. We called him Harpo. Harpo. Harpo was different from everybody else. We had white overalls and he had brown overalls. And he was kept apart from everybody else. Poor Harpo. Harpo didn't make it. He, he left after about three or four months of taking all the ribbon and all the, the jessing that, that we gave him. He just left, gave up, worked together. The society tars the unmarried mothers today. They put them away from society. So is the children. Because they're different. What about in here tonight? Do we view someone here as leprous? Because he's different. Because a person doesn't need to have leprosy to feel quarantined. Just different. Just different. Bugsy Brown didn't have leprosy. He was just different. Harpo didn't have leprosy. He was just different. And yet so many times in society, because somebody's different, we keep far away. Keep far away. We may quarantine that person in our eyes. He's just like the leper. Keep at arm's length. There are people we meet in the street. There's lepers, there are outcasts of society. No one cares for them. We've got neighbourhoods for immigrants. They keep them themselves. Nobody wants to do with the immigrants. We've got schools for the simple. They're kept out of the road for everybody else. We've got centres for addicts that nobody wants to touch, nobody wants to reach out to. They're individuals loving loads of lives, infected by the fear of rejection or being rejected again. See, does God really care? The leper was desperate. He was not allowed to approach anyone. However, he rushed up to Jesus, fell prostrate before Jesus' feet and worshipped him. 
the leper demonstrated the desire and willingness to break away from the world and all its restrictions. He acknowledged that Jesus is worthy of worship. The leper asked Jesus for cleansing. He didn't just ask to be healed. He asked to be cleansed. He wants to be restored. That is made whole, saved completely. He wants to be completely restored to society with God religiously. The world, the words, if thou will, or I am willing, means a lot. He appealed to Jesus' heart. What was needed for that leper was to touch, touch Jesus' heart. In essence, what the leper asked for was a love and the power of God. Something he missed for so many years. Let's look at Jesus' compassion. The response of Jesus in verse 41. Filled with compassion. What words. What lovely words. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. Jesus knew the man's miserable condition, his heart, his hope and his faith, but note what happened. Jesus moved to reach out and touch a man. He doesn't ignore him. He doesn't push the man back. He could have, because he had every right to push him, because the man had no right to approach Jesus. But Jesus, Jesus, knowing the man's heart, was moved with compassion, reached out and touched the man, the most unclean person alive that Jesus touched. By a word, by a word, he was healed. The infection was banished by the word, but notice Joseph, Jesus touched the man. He touched the leper. Before saying a word, Jesus reached out for the man, put forth his hand and touched him, but no one else would. Jesus reached, reached out for the most defiled. How many years? How many years had it been before anyone had touched that man? Think about it. Years. No one had touched him. Months, weeks, years. See, restoration was performed by a touch. He was healed by a word. But restoration was performed by a touch because Jesus touched this man. Jesus touched this man to restore his soul, his heart, his spirit. This is what this man's been longing for for years. Was for a human soul to touch him. This was human, divine heart and action from Jesus because there's power and a touch. Touching and being touched are important parts of life. Studies show that if a person does not experience touching very early in his life, he is endangered, even threatened with death. Many years ago in hospital nurseries, it was standard procedure that newborns were not to be touched except in emergencies. Now she's going back earlier on, probably the turn of the century, when people had uh, women in the hospital to have babies, uh, why it happened, that they took the babies at birth away from their mother. But Dr John Holt observed an incredible proportion of infant deaths. 
He believed that there was a link between the failures to touch and high death rates. He reasoned that the will to live is directly related to the experience of being held and touched as an infant. Holt instructed neonatal nurses to give tender loving care to six infants five times a day, to hold and cuddle them, physically conveying love through touching. They rallied immediately. Now it's a standard procedure that early on, within a few minutes after birth, infants are placed in the mother's arms. They're held by the father and the attendant. So here we see that this doctor realised that the mortality rates in children were lessened when he got the baby and gave it straight to the mother instead of isolating it. And then the dad get a wee shot and then such and such, the sister get a wee shot. And he saw that the mortality, mortality rates dropped. That, that there was a link to that in the loving care of someone, the baby being held. Young people who grew up in homes where there was very little touching are often withdrawn in character and personality in adulthood, retreating into a world of fantasy, often expressing hostility to others and to society at large. That's these children that are, there's no much love in the home, they're put in their rooms and no much hugs and cuddles from their parents, they're sent in there and told you'll never amount to anything in your life. How sad society is today. But when young people are raised in homes with lots of touching, hugging, kissing, physical expressions and of affections, they usually grow up to be open, warm, and secure. We need to be touched if our lives are to be all they ought to be. There are many old ladies I go and do work for, go and paint their houses and they always go into the hairdressers. These old ladies, every week they go, the reason they go, it's not because their hair's a mess, it's because they're getting pampered. They're paying to be pampered. They're paying to be touched for somebody to, you know, to express something towards them, you know, to be loved and they feel the warmth of the touch. They don't need their hair done. They go there to be pampered and touched. See, when Jesus touched the leper, he's saying, I'm with you. I love you. I understand that you're needing is a touch from me. See, the relevant application of all this, we will never affect others as Christ did unless there's contact and identification there's awesome power in a touch Sunday evening some of the guys and the girls here go to the helping hands these guys don't need us there but they're like when, the, when, the, when nobody's there the missus actually says to me last week we can rely on who's been there we can rely on who's been there they need someone there to be kind, to help them pour out their tea. That's all I do. I go there, I pour out their tea, <coughs> stir their sugar, and, and give it home a personal touch. Because these guys are the lepers of society in Cobridge today. The drunks and their addicts and uh, life's absolute shambles. But we are the hope. We are the hope for these people. We are the hope of the lepers again out. And just a gentle touch. The touch of Jesus. Because there's power in a touch. We've all felt the power of a touch. 
but looking through a sad time when mum and dad used to take my hand we've all felt that the doctor who's treated us were mums who's dried her eyes and you know washed her cut legs and we've all felt that touch and the reason why I'm here today is because I was touched because I was a leper out there 30 years ago I came into church broken full of bitterness full of hatred and I'm in a building where people were different from me. They were not cursing and swearing that these people were good. And I was touched by them. My wife Karen brought me a burger. <laughs> we were out in outreach about 30, 30 years ago, 31 years ago. She brought me a burger. We were out in the streets and we go to McDonald's and she came out with a burger. A touch, a touch, a gentle touch. How it affects people. There's a lady in that church there. She's all sending birthday cards. It's a gentle reminder that somebody cares for you. Can we offer the same touch as Jesus? So many times we're afraid to touch the defiled. We have nothing to do with them. We shun and we avoid them. Too often when the defiled wander into church, the church get rid of them as soon as possible. So many in the church a lot of time for the defiled. They neglect them and leave them. Too many believers and too many churches have lost the sense of mission to reach the most defiled. So there's a thought here, the leper is a picture of a sinner. Jesus will heal any man who approaches him as the leper did, even if he is the most unclean person on earth. And that is our calling today. To touch the untouchables. In my text, uh, see that the, the 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 mission of Jesus is to seek and to save that which is lost, no matter how defiled. In Luke nine ten and Matthew nine and twelve thirteen and Matthew twenty twenty eight, the church is called to the, the very same mission as what Jesus performed. Colossians 3.12 says, Since you have been chosen by God, who has given you this new kind of life, and because of his deep love and concern for you, you should practice tender-hearted mercy and kindness to others. That's a modern Bible translation of Colossians 3.12. Since we have been chosen by God, who has given you this new kind of life, because of his deep love and concern for you, you should practice tender-hearted mercy and kindness to others. Be merciful, not just in act, but in spirit and affection. Reach out to touch the untouchable. We forget how significant one touch can be. Jesus touched the untouchable. When Jesus touched them, something wonderful happened. Something wonderful happened. He was cleansed, he was healed, he was saved, he came to know Jesus. He, he, he couldn't wait to tell everybody else about Jesus because of a touch. See, there are still lepers in society today needing a touch. And the love of God is power. And the power of God is love. And Jesus demonstrates God's acceptance of this leper by touching him.
Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Jesus touches the untouchable. New life sprang about. New hope. New heart. This man could go back rejoicing to his family. To people he never saw for years. What a wonderful saviour. We've got. Yeah, that's me. Let's. Let's just.